Hi, this is Mary Coughlin, and I want to welcome you to the Care Out Loud podcast, presented to you by Caring Essentials Collaborative, founder of the Trauma-Informed Professional Certificate Program and internationally recognized leader in trauma-informed developmentally supportive education for parents and professionals serving babies, children, and families in crisis around the globe. I'm wicked excited you're here as we talk about caring out loud. In each moment lies a unique opportunity to create a kinder, more connected and compassionate world one moment at a time. And it all begins with you. Well, welcome to our podcast, hashtag care out loud. Today, I am wicked excited to be interviewing the amazing Jaylee Hilliard. Jaylee is a senior director of clinical strategy at Angel Eye Health, where she is focused on supporting hospital and health system partnerships to deliver specialized patient and family support via state-of-the-art technology. Ridiculously cool. In this role, she drives product innovation and supports development, leads an amazing clinical team to support healthcare leaders across the nation. Jaylee joined the organization in 2019, having accumulated more than a decade of progressive clinical experience, including serving as a director of neonatal services and the pediatric ECMO program at McLean Children's Baylor Scott and White Health. Most recently, Jaylee gained personal experience as a NICU parent after her daughter Everly was born emergently at 32 weeks and six days. She required a 25-day hospital stay in the newborn intensive care unit. She and her husband Brian spent most of their time attempting to keep up with their former premature baby and their three little fur children. (laughs) I love that. So I am so excited. So welcome Jaylee. Thank you so very much for sharing your time with me. Yes, thank you for inviting me and having me this morning. I'm so excited about the opportunity to chat. Oh, gosh, I I don't know if you're more excited than me. I'm pretty pumped right now, you know, and I mean, (laughs) what a what a cool um, professional background. And and I find a lot of nurses really use their expertise um, associated with their clinical experience and certainly integrated with their personal experience to, you know, kind of bring that unique perspective to industry, to education, to a variety of different settings. But I want to kind of turn the clock back a little bit on you. okay? and just. kind of ask you to get back to your roots and I would love to understand how was it that you came into nursing in the first place was there some special event as a childhood or you know how did it kind of unfold for you sure and that's a great question and it's never a bad idea to go back to your roots right (laughs) (laughs) you know growing up I wanted to be a pediatrician or a veterinarian I know those seem really different, but they really aren't when I think about it. Um, I have always loved animals and children um, and just really wanted to be kind of in that servant role to take care of other people or animals um, since I was very, very young. And then in um, when I was 17 years old, I was hospitalized for several days. I used to work out a lot to go to the gym frequently. Um, and I pulled a muscle in my back 
And I ended up um, taking muscle relaxers for a while. And as embarrassing and humiliating as this is to stay, oh. it really slowed my colon down. And I ended up getting admitted and getting an NG tube and 24 hours of go lightly. And for those nurses that have experienced this <laughs> or given this to patients, it really is terrible and humiliating. So imagine being 17 years old, mm. you're admitted to the pediatric world or the pediatric ward. You're probably the oldest person there. Your boyfriend's coming to visit you. You have an NG tube and go lightly and you have to go to the bathroom like every two seconds. Um, until you can be discharged and go home. So I was completely terrified of this tube that was going to go in my nose, into my stomach, but I had amazing child life specialists that came in and really explained the procedure um, and asked me if there's anything she could do to make this, you know, less painful or less traumatic for me. And then I had incredible nurses that took care of me and really helped turn what I thought was going to be like the most embarrassing, humiliating experience of my life into something where I really could see beyond what I imagined nursing was into like that true, like they were treating me like a person and with dignity and respect mm -hmm. and had so much compassion and patience for me. And I knew that I was definitely not the sickest patient there on that unit, but they really um, just ensured that I was okay mm -hmm. and minimized the impact of what was going on. Um, and, and little did they know, I wish I knew their names of the people that were there, but they ended up setting me on this trajectory of really investigating nursing as a career for the rest of my life. And um, so it's actually the best, worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. I, I, so many thoughts are going in my head. Um, that's, I mean, that's an absolutely beautiful story. And I think um, most of the public probably doesn't have that personal experience, right, with nursing and and really is able to make those connections and feel um, seen. You know, I, I loved how you described that, that they treated you with respect and dignity. And yeah. I, it, I see a connection with you as the younger child interested in kids and, and animals Um because the thought came to me, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but the word vulnerability popped into my head, you know, that you mm -hmm. you had this calling to serve vulnerable um, beings, vulnerable, yes. you know, um, individuals and, and creatures. And then you found yourself in an incredibly vulnerable position. Does that sound accurate or... It's, it's interesting that you're saying that because um, as a child, and I didn't go back this far because until now I didn't realize this was a connection, but my mom is actually a special education teacher. So growing up, mm -hmm. my brother and I would help with her students. We would volunteer in her class. We would give our new jackets to her students if they didn't have them and oh. things like that. Um and she also um, provided horseback riding therapy for kids with special needs and autism and CP. So um, we spent a lot of time volunteering at different retreats at our own farm um, with children that I, that you would consider a vulnerable population. So it probably was something as far back as being seven, mm. eight, nine years old, helping kids ride horses and yeah. volunteering to help my mom and her students. That is probably when that first 
began developing now that I'm reflecting back. Wow. What a beautiful role model, you know, of your mom to really yes. kind of expose and integrate you into that incredible work. Is it possible that you might even remember, like, how did you feel during those experiences? You know, it feels like you just kind of rolled with it and, and it was just part of your life. Were there any feelings around those experiences? You know, it really was part of our life. Um, while my friends would get to sleep in on Saturday mornings, my mom was waking us up super early to come out to go work in the barn and get the horses ready for the lessons that morning. And I mm. remember a lot of times we would be like the sidewalker or the leader of the horse and help facilitate getting the kids on the horses and seeing them learn and smile and um, just be so joyful that they were able to participate in this type of activity. So um, I think of it as like a lot of really joyous occasions. There's mm -hmm. were children with autism that had never spoken before. And the first word they said was on the back of a horse, like in our presence. So oh. there were a lot of really special moments and times that we could celebrate um, some of those small wins that were really mm -hmm. big wins for that family or that child. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting kind of, as I'm reflecting back on how that's so similar to what the experience is like in the NICU, when those small yeah. wins are really big milestones for children and for families. Yeah. And I, and I see a thread too, you know, like to your, even to your current role of this, um, you know, selfless commitment to service. Um, it, it, it just, it's really, it, it's absolutely beautiful. And to see how you had those experiences and it feels like they've shaped how you approach your life, how you see others, um, you know, others as, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know if the right word is opportunities, but yeah, opportunities to serve um, at that level to just, you know, get some more of that joy. I mean, I, I see yeah. you um, when I get to be part of the advisory board and when we're on the calls together with all the other folks that, I mean, you just light up, you know, the enthusiasm and the energy that you have for the work um, is really contagious and, and wicked inspiring. And I, 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 you know, I just thought, oh yeah, she's Aww. just a real pumped up, happy person, you know, which is, you know, wicked cool. But yeah. hearing you share your story like, wow, it's, it's really, really profound. Oh, mm -hmm. thank you, Mary. Don't <laughs> make me cry on your podcast. <laughs> You're so sweet. That's so incredibly kind, but I guess that's, that's why it's important to stop and kind of think back. And you're right. A lot of things that happened to us in childhood and growing up are really incredibly influential for the rest mm -hmm. of our lives. And yeah. looking back, I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And um, thank you so much for the kind words that that really means a lot. Oh. I mean, after, so taking it like the next step after I had that experience in the NICU or um, when I was admitted to the pediatric unit, I had a very close friend growing up and her mom was a charge nurse in labor and delivery and her, her dad was a charge nurse in the NICU. Oh. And his name was Robert King, and he retired several years ago from from the NICU that I that I spent uh, my career working in. And I remember going to her house and her dad coming home from work and just beaming with joy and happiness. 
Yes. And I never remember in all the days that I've ever spent with Mr. King that he ever had one negative thing to say, that he was ever sad or bummed. Like everything about his like his career and working in the NICU never was portrayed as like a job or like, oh my gosh, I have to get dressed mm -hmm. and go to work tomorrow. And so when I was looking at where to really focus my nursing career, he was a very, very influential person in deciding that the NICU was my home and where I wanted to be. And so after nursing school, I only applied to one place, to one department and I was like, I have like, everything is just weighing on this one interview with this nurse manager, because the NICU is where I know I'm being called to serve. Mm -hmm. And if anybody can have a career in a job that they love as much as this man, that's where I want to be. So that's kind of what led me to the NICU specifically, in addition for wanting to care for those, you know, vulnerable babies. That is so amazing to me to have such clarity. I'm I I absolutely didn't have that degree of clarity when I, you know, when I went into <laughs> nursing. Um, I just kind of came upon them like, oh, these are really cool looking people. I think I want to take care of them, you know, and, and and work with them and 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 help them. But um, that's amazing. And it, I think what you're really calling out is how impactful role models are. And and I'll bet dollars to donuts that um that Mr. King probably wasn't thinking in the moment like I, I should really be, you know, aware of how I'm speaking about my work, right? I mean, he just he just exuded it. He just he just felt it. And what a cool, yeah. you know, what a cool insight to see how that way of being influenced mm -hmm. you. And I'm sure it influenced those he he served as well, right? Absolutely. And it's um, funny that you say that because several of us that were very close friends back then all became nurses. Like the mm -hmm. whole group of us are nurses. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I've never really told him like how influential he was or that role that he played in helping me determine my career. Um, he probably has no idea at all, but it's interesting to think that that whole group of our friends that spent so much time together, yeah, all pursued nursing, um, even his daughter. So really, that really is cool. so cool. You know, the other thought that's jumping in my head as you're sharing all of these stories is, you know, sometimes we don't take the time to really kind of revisit you know, our journey and see how our journey has brought us to the place that we are right now in this moment. And, you know, I am a big believer that we're always where we're supposed to be. Um, but it is cool to kind of see what was the road that I traveled and and who were those influences? Who were those supports? Who were those role models that brought me sure. to, you know, to this place right now? I mean, I guess I mean, I'm, a, you know, an avid NICU person as well, but I would love to hear from you. What was it about the NICU then? Once you landed this position, what was it about the NICU um, that really just that kept you there for over a decade? I think you, you had, um, I, I yeah. read in your bio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think obviously, you know, there are these children um, that, and families and you know that you know, no one wakes up in the morning and says, hey, it's a great day to have a baby admitted to the NICU. Yeah. Most of these families are going through an experience that they didn't anticipate or they couldn't have anticipated. 
Um, and just seeing them in that state of vulnerability and knowing that there's so much opportunity there to pour into them and to love on them and show them compassion and kindness mm -hmm. and care for them and their child. And I, I felt really early on connection with a lot of those families and babies. And it became really evident to me um, the relationship that that you could have, you know, for the rest of your lives with these people, I would see them come mm -hmm. back for holidays and special occasions to visit. Um, and it was really evident that the people and the connections that they were making there in the NICU lasted a lifetime and they were really, yeah. really meaningful. So I felt like that was a place where I could contribute and have my own, you know, tiny little contribution in the world mm. of, of, of that NICU um, to impacting those babies and families. And then I also understood that, you know, a lot of the interactions and the way that we provided care impacted the long-term outcomes of these babies. So yeah. it felt like a really great place to make a big impact mm -hmm. um, with every interaction and every time that you're, you know, touching or speaking to or working with that baby. Um, so to me, it was more than just the life-saving measures and the excitement and yeah. chaos in the NICU, but more about that emotional connection with the family and the baby. Um, and so I also became really interested in um, family-centered care and in learning about that, I started chairing that committee in our unit. Um, and I had a colleague, Linnea Lockett, and I that actually submitted our first poster to a NAN conference over, um, I think we created something like our own five dimensions of family-centered care and how we had used these different dimensions to interact and engage, educate, and empower families in the NICU. Um, so that was just really cool. And then I also became really passionate about advocating for moms um, for breastfeeding and just helping them really find their place and role and how they could contribute to their baby's well-being. With such a, a, a clear vision and, um, and capacity to be open-hearted, loving, compassionate with those that you were serving at the time, how did those experiences and your knowledge as a NICU nurse then help you through the the challenges of having your your baby you know be admitted to the NICU um be premature and and all of the experiences is is that okay for me to ask that question yeah absolutely um I get asked questions about that all the time you know ever I can't believe that she just turned 20 months so I'm already starting wow. to plan her second birthday party which is crazy but, um <laughs> you know I I would like to think that having those experiences in the NICU helped prepare me in some way for that experience. But what I found was that, you know, even just being there um, with high blood pressure in LND, being monitored, that part of the experience before delivery was not something I was very familiar with. And so there was a lot of uncertainty about, you know, I was thinking that I was going to be stuck in this room for weeks and weeks and weeks, trying to be pregnant as long as possible so she could grow and thrive. And um, I was only there, I think it was three or four days before emergently in the middle wow. of the night, you know, we, I, we had a C-section, but I found myself in this like odd situation where you know, I had been there to catch the baby in the C-section suite. Mm -hmm. I had been there in the resuscitation room before or admitting a baby. 
but it was a brand new experience to see that through the lens as a parent and for that to be my baby. And it made me, you know, over those next 25 days, I had a lot of hours and time that I spent at the bedside in silence, minus the beeping of the alarms around me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and babies. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of time to reflect back on my experience in the NICU. And it just really became so transparent to me that I know you talk a lot in your work and others too about every single interaction you have with a family and a baby, it matters. It means something and it's so impactful. And in hindsight, I think it's really easy for us to get stuck in like doing our job and going through the tasks every day. And so that was one thing that I just found a lot of clarity on is that, you know, Every time you touch someone's baby, every time you walk up to the crib, whether you call them by their name or talk to them Mm -hmm. or give them eye contact, the way that you swaddle them or pick them up, the way that you have those interactions with them, they matter so much to the baby, but they also matter to the family. Um, And if anything, I think there was just this overwhelming sense of clarity of opportunities to improve the care that we provide. Um, even in an incredible unit with incredible people taking care of her, um, I still just, you could see the difference in the people that really took that time and treated every baby in interaction individually mm-hmm. versus those that were just coming and following the tasks to get through the steps of the day. Yeah. Um, and so although the sights and the sounds and what the doctors were discussing about her growth and development were all very familiar for me, um, being so vulnerable as the parent and having to leave my child in the care of people, some I knew, some I did not know at all, over and over repetitiously was very, very traumatic for me. Um, And so I think that just kind of speaks to building that rapport with families and knowing that you are treating their child like like your own when they're there, because we're leaving the very most important person in our lives in their care. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope you'll join me next week as we continue our conversation with Jaylee and discover her fierceness for family-centered care and how that fierceness guides her mission at Angel Eye Health. See you next week. Oh, and remember, showing up on purpose makes the difference and it begins when we care out loud together.